And there's nothing better than that little track of music as we uh, as we've had for the last couple of years now. Because what it does, it singles that it's time for the two smoking it's guns. It's time for the smoking it's guns. Time for the smoking guns. Hello, Rutsy. How are you, buddy? Scotty, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. And now I think we probably uh, owe the listeners yes. a little fess. Yes. Uh, in that, um, for circumstances beyond our control, yes, um, we have done a show over the last sort of two or three or four weeks, but we may or may not have actually been here at the it's time. It's sort of been repackaged. So we we've done a little rehash. We, we have we, had the uh, dreaded COVID yeah, isolations, and we've had COVID. also the. Various uh, days off for well, various things. Yeah, exactly. So uh, a couple we've of things. Been busy people. A couple of things have got in the way, but uh, we've managed to cobble together <laughs> the uh, the right amount of time and uh, find yeah. a little wedge to Found put wedge. this together back live. And uh, we love nothing better than doing that. So um, thanks for sticking it out and listening to stuff you may have heard, or if you haven't heard us ever, then it's stuff that you've never heard. Nothing <laughs> like, sometimes it's just nothing like reheating just, something you've had. You know, it's like reheated pizza. Oh, now there's a good one. Can I stop you there? Yes. I saw a little thing about um, three different ways to reheat pizza. Yes. And what was the best outcome? Right. So well, what do you think the three ways were? I know. Well, I've just taken possession of a steam combi oven. Ah. And reheated pizza in the steam combi oven is yep. the right temperature and the right moisture. Yep. It's a perfect result. So yep. that would be my initial... Uh, well, selection. Well, that's it, because the first version went in uh, just on a pan into the oven. Yeah, crispy, um, yeah, too but, hard. You know, too hard, right, yeah. because it's sort of a bit dried out already, so yeah. it's only just going to, you know, it's going to solidify a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, in the microwave by itself, just turns it into Soggy. old Captain Limp Wrist, yes. you know, so just everything falls off. Yes. And the other way was uh, adding water yes. so that you create that steam well, effect, and then it we've... was... They said they gave it the, the, the best out of 10 as possible. We went to, uh, we took possession of a new oven. Yes. And uh, we went to a cooking class. Oh, did you? To learn how to it To learn how to use that. Input. And we came home and went to the oven to implement what we'd learnt at said class. <laughs> yeah. And the oven controls were different. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've got, I've got Was it in German? <laughs> I've got homework to do this week. It's like, it's like NASA's oh. spaceship, this thing. Oh. Oh, that's cool. So we managed to well, row, managed to fashion a meal yesterday for a range of people. <laughs> but um, in the theory of it is, is, is a beautiful thing. I've just yeah. got to work it out. Whole I could just envisage you with this most magnificent new kitchen. Yeah. You can't work out how to use it. And there you are in the front yard and you've yeah. got your barbecue <laughs> going. It's pretty much what I was almost reduced to yesterday. Oh, mate, you're Someone said, well, I've got some wood in the car. Would you like me to burn oh. some wood? And we can... <laughs> Dig a hole, put some rocks around that's it, it, get the Get the little bucket of water just in but case. But we got there, mate. We got there. Uh, yeah, so that's all good. But that, no, that's uh, that's been a very interesting exercise. Very good. So, something to learn, something new to learn. Well, that's which cool. is always good that's to always have. That's always a good thing. And mate, we're, and now we're, we're we're here because we're off the back of Easter. Easter. So um, tell me, Easter. tell me, Easter. Uh, mate, Easter was good. Um, 
Yeah, well, it, I sort of did lots of different things. Okay. Easter, I um, I've got a friend of mine who lives um, in an apartment up in up in town. Uh, it happens to overlook the Albert Park Golf Course, which is pretty nice. Yeah, and where the Grand Prix has just been held, obviously. Yes, and we just sat outside all of Friday afternoon, where, which um, uh, my watch must have been playing up because it somehow <laughs> it ran, ran into the early evening. Oh, well, it was early evening. I think we're, we're does happen sometimes. We were home. Uh, it's a reasonable hour before the dogs had started. To eat the chairs, and uh, but, but the most perfect day. He's yeah, up on the, it was good. He's up it? on the tenth floor, and sometimes it can get a bit windy and a bit tricky up there. But it was absolutely. Absolutely glorious, and we had the charcuterie. Oh yes, charcuterie, <laughs> and um, and plenty of vino to accompany Lovely, said mate. charcuterie. Um, so that was good. And then uh, Saturday, um, having left said car, mm. um, oh, that was a piece of exercise. Well, for we in fact we went to the train station and jumped on the train, and then we had to go to a, a department store in town that uh, said bride required to uh, purchase something from. Uh, and can I tell you? The city was packed. Yeah, comedy Absol- festival. Well, really good. Uh, I, and yeah, everything I else. Know, well, I mean, this was ten thirty in the morning on Saturday, yeah, right? So, the, the, <clears throat> the little laneways and the cafes got on the tram, and it was like you know peak hour on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, it's good. Um, Sunday, uh, bride's parents for Easter lunch and whatnot, and yesterday, uh, quietish and just toffee. Yeah, well, I was so. in town on Thursday evening. All oh, right. Uh, for the comedy festival, yeah, very good. I went in. We went in for an early dinner. Yes, at a Mexican. Very it was cool. lovely. We nice. saw a guy called Lloyd Langford. Mm. It was very funny. Is he? I'll tell you an off-air gag later yeah. yes. because okay. it's a little blue. It's a and bit probably blue. We won't work on this program, it, but it was very funny. Won't pass the test. Won't here. pass the test. <laughs> um, is he? Um, is he a local boy or international? Uh, he lives here. He, yes. he's, he's Welsh. By by birth, and uh, so, and uh, not a big fan of the royal family, as it turns out. The Welsh, well, so a few something about, about Wales in sort of <laughs> England that sort of just doesn't <laughs> line doesn't up watch. all the time. So did that. That was lovely. Yeah. Friday, um, we're in the middle of cardboard city at the oh, moment yeah, you because would, we've moved in thousands of boxes, a new abode. So uh, I spent Friday cleaning the garage and yes. collecting cardboard. Oh wow! Which is uh, which was great fun, opening boxes and boxes. And of then stuff. Where, do you, where do you get rid of it? Well, it's all in my car, so right. I'm going to take it to a recycling depot. I think. Right. At some stage, couldn't be bothered today. Okay. Um, and then Friday night, uh, we found some old photos. We found uh, the uh, box of photos that we I haven't think seen I for might fifteen have years. Seen some of said photos. So we uh, we opened a bottle. Yes. And opened another one. <laughs> and, uh, and you're still six behind from the shot. And, the uh, you might have seen a couple that oh, I've shared on socials oh, from back in the day back when we were day. all looking. I think Very I, different I, to the way we look today. I, I, I think I've, I think I might have seen Gene Simmons, yes, if I was, was not mistaken. That's right. And a so couple of other was, reprobates I remember from school so days. That was, that was very funny. And then Saturday I took myself off to the football yeah. uh, to watch the Saints play the Suns, in which was another game we uh, had to win and did, which was good. I thought we were a bit lucky. No, we were good. We were solid all day, I thought. I thought, we, I thought against a better team... With the mistakes that we made, and we did make plenty, yes. we might have been punished a bit more. Well, fortunately, we fortunately, we weren't, and it was a good win. And then I had a 50th on Saturday night, uh, locally, and uh, at uh, some stage of the evening, I was invited on stage to play some drums, oh. which I hadn't done for a period of time. 
How'd you and go? Good, good. It was cool. I can happy to report that everyone was drunk and everyone seemed to think I did a good job. <laughs> Which is all you need. And then you took like a set out. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, mate. And That's then, uh, I have no good idea what I did Sunday. Um, but, um, Easter lunch or something? It was probably more more of the same yeah, you know, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then we had a lunch yesterday and then here we are today. So it was good. But I have, uh, in response to Easter, because I... I couldn't remember which was which, and you know, I'm not a massive religious guy, but I thought I'd look up some fun facts same, about Easter. Same here. Right? Yeah, just, a, just another so Sunday. So, I'm going <laughs> to go with these now right. for you. Just a bit of education for Fun you. facts. Fun facts. Okay. Um, the Easter bunny legend began in Germany, of all places. Okay. Um, whilst the story of rabbits bringing eggs doesn't make a lot of logical sense, uh, there must be a reason why every year children rush out to, into the garden to see what treats this mythical creature has yes. left them. Right. The origin of the Easter Bunny dates back hundreds of years, beginning pre-Christian Germany. Here the hare was said to be the symbol of the pagan goddess of spring and fertility. And the Hence, eggs. Um, you know, as Christianity spread, pagan traditions were blended with Christian holidays, which saw the Easter Bunny lay colourful, ch- today, chocolate eggs right. for children. So there you go. So the eggs represent fertility. Fertility. Well, it's 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 the pagan goddess of spring, the hare, which which okay. is hare's a rabbit. Yes, a very large, a large one. Yes, it was named at the holiday Easter was named after the Anglo-Saxon goddess Eostri. Eostri. Yeah. Okay. And she was uh, she was a fertility goddess and the goddess of dawn and light. This is lovely. Or the goddess of Easter eggs. One point five million <laughs> Cadbury cream eggs are produced every day. Um, Cadbury's make 500 million cream eggs every year uh, and if you pile them on top of each other it will be 10 times higher than Mount Everest Gee whiz So there you go Are you a, are you a consumer of said chocolate? I had a few today Right I yeah. didn't all Easter and I thought right. I've, I've they've been sitting there Yeah I think I, I, oh, I had a couple well, I think I've probably had my I had my annual quota. Your annual quota. About four eggs. <laughs> now, it's a fun fact that most Americans bite off the ears of a chocolate bunny first. Yeah. yeah. Followed by 5% who eat the feet first and 4% who eat the tail first. Yeah, I've been known to do that. Yeah. I got a chicken one year and it didn't have a head after five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big chuck, I'll tell you. The act of painting eggs, if you... Yes. Yes, yes began I... from a Ukrainian tradition. Okay. Um, for generations, Ukrainians have been decorating eggs as, as a calling out to the gods and, again, the goddesses of health and fertility. So there you go. Right. Uh, the world's largest Easter egg weighs 5,000 pounds, standing 31 feet tall and 18 feet wide. It's found in Alberta, Canada. It took 12,000 hours to complete. So Actually, what's that in kilograms? It's is made... It about, is, it about, uh, is it about 2,000 yeah, kilos? it's a lot. It's made out of three and a half piece, three and a half thousand pieces of aluminium. Is there two and a half, two and a half pound or a kilo? Something like that, mate. Yeah, okay, yeah. right. Up. Pretzels used to be associated with Easter. Don't with mind Easter. a pretzel. Yeah, we, when we think of Easter, we normally think chocolate, hot cross buns, and eggs. Yes, um, but pretzels are also an Easter snack. Yeah. Like. Yeah, so just thought you should know that. Have been known um, to have the odd pretzel. First chocolate egg was produced in Bristol in 1873. Right. Yes. So, you know, in Germany, it's illegal to dance on Good Friday. It's uh, Good Friday being the start of the Easter weekend. It's illegal to dance in public in in, in most states of Germany. Um, 
It's uh, why the boogie ban? Well, the thinking behind it is out of respect for Christians who mourn the death of Jesus on Good Friday, and uh, they're considered to be days of ho- holidays of silence. So no dancing in the streets. It's a on tough Good enough Friday. day as it is, and you can't <laughs> and you dance. You can't now. dance. <laughs> Uh, Easter, is, oh, I I, and I didn't know I this, because oh, I thought it was always, I didn't know why it changed each year, but Easter is celebrated on the Sunday after the full moon yeah. following March 21st. Yes, there that's why it does move around. And that's why And this is one around. of the later ones. Yes. Uh, I think this is about the latest you could actually have uh, and celebrate Easter. So I wondered about that, because I did see um, a full moon last week. Yeah, right. Yes, there was. And I then I read this fact and, and I put, a put two and two together, Scott. And, and then you mapped your way over to Europe. <laughs> By the stars. <laughs> and the world's most expensive egg was sold at Christie's in London for £9 million in 2007. It's a Fabergé egg. A Fabergé egg. Yes, right. Yes, indeed. Contains a multicoloured cockerel. Yes. Which at every hour pops out of the egg and flaps his wings. Oh. Before nodding his head three times and popping back in. Oh, it's, it's, a, mechanic, by, it's a mechanical egg. It's a mechanical egg made by Carl Fabergé, Carl Fabergé yes. in St. Petersburg in 1902. Wow. Second largest egg ever made by Fabergé. Nine million pound egg. Wow. There's some fun facts about Easter for you, sir. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. I probably should have told you about those before Easter so you could have regaled everybody with those well. tales. <laughs> But well, just just while I remember, and I and I haven't got the article, but I, if memory serves, there was a chap who um, who bought the very first transmission or transmission script by Instagram or oh the first tweet the first tweet it was the first tweet did you read that I read that somewhere so and he paid thirty million yes uh, no he paid no, about nine million yes and thought. I'm on a winner here. Yeah. I'll uh, chuck it straight back in the market. Caught off at 30 grand. <laughs> <laughs> he was hoping to get 50 mil. He's dropped just a lazy 29 mil. We probably 900 had Probably had it to drop, Scotty. Arguably, if he's doing this. He should have turned it into a non fungible token, Scotty. <laughs> That's what he should have done. A Bitcoin. <laughs> yes, he should have done that. A Bitcoin. A Bitcoin. Um, now, the other piece of news I had for you, yes. uh, which caught my eye, because yes. uh, we talked about barbecues before. We did. Did you know, were you across this piece of interesting um, work that, that, uh, that's done with um, a collaboration between uh, a brewery called, um, called Carlton, Cub. Carlton United? Yep. And the Butcher Club. It's a sausage infused with Carlton Draft. Right. And it goes on sale. It's been on sale. Um, veteran butcher Peter Robinson uh, put he was in charge of the Cutting Edge project, which will see each sausage contain 12 mil of beer with almost all traces of alcohol removed, which is what, what's the point? Um, the Carlton Draft sausage is a celebration of everything we love about football, Topped off with onion and sauce, it's the perfect combination. So if the alcohol's burnt off, which it would be... Or it tastes like beer. It so tastes like beer. Yeah. Tell me what, if that sausage tastes like beer, I'm Paul Logan, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm on the lookout for why some. You, right, we better find one of those. I'm going to try one of yeah. those and I'll report yeah. back on whether that's a, a would, good combination. I would like a report on that. Because the combination of a sausage in one hand with onion and tomato sauce yes. and a cold beer in the other hand 
Yeah, he's just about as good. They as They go gets. together. It goes together. But it's but it but it's. But I don't know. But it's, the two together. It, but they but they run consecutively. Yes. And then you know your mouth Bite gets. Bite one, drink one. Bite one, drink one. Well, your one. mouth gets a bit hot. And a bit of a. <laughs> and then you go quick. Well, you burn your mouth. You burn your mouth, and, you burn your mouth and, and then you're your, your ice cold green Correct. green right. one and. Yeah, I'm not sure about the combination. Neither am I. So because I'm... what is that warm beer now? Yeah, right. that's right. Hey? That's right. That doesn't. Does all the foam come out of the sausage so what when you war- cook it. That warm beer doesn't taste good. No, no. Mate, that's like drinking curdled milk. Drinking, drinking warm cold beer. sausage. Well, cold. Well, there's nothing wrong with a cold <laughs> sausage. Talk about food the next day. Cold sausage. Reheat. Is, you know. <laughs> no, I like it cold the next day. <laughs> hey, um, hey, uh, what, hey um, what we might do, buddy, all right. is uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to get through. We've sprinted though. again. We've sprinted again. <laughs> to the first change. <laughs> By the way, the Saints were good. Yeah. We mentioned that. Yes, yes. Um, we might come back after the break because I know you've got a bunch of stuff you want to talk about. <laughs> have so. I ever. <laughs> So uh, we'll be back in just a sec. Right up. Back with two smoking guns. Yes, you are. Uh, yeah. oh. Talking about all fun things associated right. with these stuff. I'll tell you what. Um, there's a, uh, do you believe in karma? Um, well, I believe in this concept of the karma bus. Or just what goes around comes around? Yeah, a bit of that. Not Hello. a huge believer, but anyway. Okay, so, um, well, there were a a couple of uh, three blokes, allegedly, in South Africa, Mm. and uh, have hired a big truck, Yep, and they've got some very, very high-powered rifles. Right. To the calibre of about .456, so they would sort of... Like the bazookas. Yeah, it'd blow a hole in the side of the Rialto, right, and you'd be able to see through it forever. Um, so these things can go, and and they're mainly, sadly, terribly sadly, used for um, shooting rhinos and elephants right. because they're big, big uh, cartridge, yes. high penetration, blah blah blah. Anyway, uh, it is uh, it's a true story. Uh, there are a couple of these three fellows that were out there, and uh, uh, they were illegally hunting. Yeah. Um, and uh, they do it at night um, because they, you know, during the day. It's the cowards. It's the cowards, yes. yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, there was a very, very large scream that came out of the darkness. And two of these chaps happened to sort of be in one area and yes. one chap was in another area. And the scream came from where the one chap was. Yes. And in the pursuit of um, some, uh, trying to find it, some targets, the targets found the poacher. <laughs> I love these stories. It is alleged. Yes. Uh, no, it's actually a fact. Uh, they couldn't count the number, but it seems as though up to six lions yes. managed to get hold of one of these filthy poachers. Had a midnight snack, Scotty. And they got on it. Got on it. <laughs> got on the chew. Had a say. good chew. So <laughs> it, gets, it, it gets better. Uh, there was, they literally ate him to death, yeah. uh, ate him, like ate all of him, yes. except his head. Yes. His head was recovered. Mm-hmm. His sister-in-law had to go to the local morgue to identify said head God. and said it wasn't very pretty. There wasn't very much left, but yes, that's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just said, and all of the posts I just read were all about 
magnificent Karma square bus. the ledger. Karma bus. And as I happened to post, the only lines I could find was uh, the people did say to me that they thought the Lions were going to have a good year, and, <laughs> and that was a good win for the Lions. They're off, they're <laughs> off to a fly, the Lions. There we so go. So there's a picture of this lion just covered in blood. Uh, now, whether that was the lion or one of them, I don't know. But well, yeah, um, we've all seen those horrible pictures of the uh, oh, and they, and the idiots and there posing was, yeah, exactly. the lion. So I said... And then they, uh, I don't know where this sits, but they just said, let's just hope that now uh, they've discovered that there's this pride of lions that have now killed a human. Let's pray to goodness they don't go and eliminate no, these. just leave them alone. Exactly. That's just what they so, um, so lions one, gladiator nil. Good. <laughs> like it. Oh, oh, idiot nil. <laughs> Shocking piece of work, Brilliant. those bloody poachers. So uh, there we go. So uh, the Karma bus firmly arrived. Now, um, carry on uh, and customs. People are starting to travel again, Scotty. Yes. Um, you know, I, I was I was away last weekend, and uh, it was a, it was an interesting uh, did you exercise. Fly? We did flew. You, oh, you did fly. Airport was a bit of a disaster. Lack right. of staff, all that sort of stuff. Right. But, um, this is a story about a smuggler who was caught in Los Angeles yes. with a mass of snakes and horn lizards down his trousers. Not his own. Trying to uh, get across the border <laughs> between uh, the US and Mexico. He had concealed, concealed nine snakes and 43 lizards on his body, in his jacket, trouser pockets and groin, what? officials in San Sidro in California said. Some, some of the bagged reptiles were endangered creatures, which uh, prompted me to do some research. <laughs> and uh, I have for you some of the more amusing items that people have tried to smuggle. Oh, so is this strange things down your dash? Strange. <laughs> uh, yes, this is a segment to our listeners called Strange Things Down Your Trousers. <laughs> Here we go. Have you got your finger on the button? <laughs> yeah, this will be a language warning oh. one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what. Hey, just before you start, I can still never work out when they've got lizards and snakes and things that have got teeth and sharp. And how do they never sort of break out of what they're in and do some damage, well, so to speak? I'd love that. I'd love it. Do you imagine the bloke sitting on the plane? You know, he's in 1A, right? He's propped up. Oh, another champagne, please. All of a sudden, he goes. His head goes through the the, the baggage compartment above him because the lizard's got hold of him in his groin. I would love nothing more for somebody to tell me that's happened. Oh, seriously. That would be really funny. So, good. so uh, Miami um, Airport, uh, live eels. Oh, God. In a plastic bag inside checked uh, luggage. Did they survive? Yeah. Live eels. Live eels. London. UK, 2007. A jar of human eyeballs. Oh. Not his own. Oh. <laughs> Apparently. For, for medical research? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Iran, a tiger cub from oh. Thailand. Well, don't they? Sorry. It was saved and relocated to a wildlife conversation, yeah. Con- conservation. Yeah. Well, they, do they sort of, they try and collect them as pets. They do. Things, don't they? Yeah. Cairo. Oh. 2012, a cow's brain. Uh, what? <laughs> what? What for? Apparently, it's a delicacy in Egypt. A cow's brain. Mm-hmm. 200 uh, kilos of cow's brains. Right. They were trying to smuggle. Anyway. Right. 
200 kilos. 200 kilos of cow's uh, brine. That's a big cow. <laughs> Smart cow. <laughs> Sydney, Australia. This is my favourite. Oh. An ecstasy-filled Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. At now least we bring it back to something Mr. that we Potato know. Mr. Potato Head, um, <laughs> the children's toy, if you recall, Mr. Potato Head, yeah. for those listeners out there. 200 grams of ecstasy stuffed inside his head. You know, you know how they found it, don't you? What if his eyes had fallen out? <laughs> Too much ecstasy. So this is one you don't want to try and smuggle. This is Las, yeah. Las Vegas. Uh, a smoke bomb. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Really? Fully functioning smoke bomb. <laughs> Promptly confiscated. Uh, yes. And this is, uh, this is from Arnold Palmer Regional Airport in the USI, in the USA. A rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going skiing. <laughs> the AT-4 anti-tank launcher was not live. However, the weapon was still confiscated. Oh, my God um, almighty. What are you thinking? Um, oh, I you know, I might just whack this in my suitcase. Nah, put my fishing rods in it. <laughs> Edmonton uh, oh. Airport hippopotamus tusks. That's very sad. Oh, we won't go with that, yeah, that one. That's no good. Atlanta Airport, a fake human corpse. A fake Apparently, human it was a okay. turned out to be a replica of a corpse used in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 movie. Oh, right. So it's that a prop. Just, yeah, it's a prop. Yeah, it's a prop. That would be good fun, though. Yeah, well, no, you'd probably probably had all certificates and everything for yeah, it, but John. just opening it up, going, "What Whoa. the? <laughs> what have we got here?" And this is one for Bill Laurie, Melbourne, Australia. Live pigeons, live pigeons. Yes, got him. Yes, man, <laughs> got him. <laughs> he um, he had live pigeons wrapped in newspaper strapped to his legs. I don't know whether he was trying to fly from Melbourne to Dubai. Or... Oh damn. Whoa. Uh, Los Angeles Airport, a hand grenade. <laughs> was it live? It was Did alive. Did it have its it pin? Was, it was a deactivated, deactivated grenade from World War Two. Oh gosh! Breast implants filled with cocaine. Oh, That'll work. I can move on. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> Surprisingly, it was a Colombian woman. Oh, Colombia. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah, hilarious. Right. All inside actually. her breast implants. A that's... sarcophagus from Egypt. <laughs> wow. And uh, this is the uh, the piece de resistance. Yeah. Austin Bergstrom. I don't know why this always happens in America, these ones. Texas. An anti-tank landmine. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, what do, they, what do these people on it? What goes through their brain? <laughs> Undies, uh, socks. Anti-tank landmine. Anti-tank landmine. <laughs> cocaine. Mr. Potato Mr. Head. Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> so there's oh. just a little word of advice when you are travelling. Oh, um, just to God. be a little bit careful to read those warning signs about what you can and cannot take on board a plane. Oh, well, you might find yourself in a bit of trouble. Well, uh, speaking of things you can and cannot take, uh, here's one that, about things that you can or cannot do. Right. There's a very long bow to draw, but anyway. <laughs> um, in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, our friends from the US. Uh, uh, a Kentucky jury has awarded $608,000 to a man who sued his employer Asked, uh, after he asked them not to, what do you think he asked them not to do, Rutsy? Um, what do you pay him? No, no, he, no. It's a bit more severe than that. 
Yep, he had a he had a specific request, and he said, "Under no circumstance are you to uh, do this to me in any way, shape, or form." Sack me. No, celebrate his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so he he asked, really? he asked didn't them, want to bring a cake to work. Asked them not to celebrate his birthday at work, but they did it anyway. Oh, good, good. So on. we pressed on. Bless them. Uh, Kevin Burling told his boss that a birthday celebration would cause him immense stress. Yes, of course. Why well, wouldn't? Um, it? Yeah, he might be allergic to candles. Yeah, he could sure. be. Uh, I don't like the smell of candles. I can I tell might you. Be allergic to frosting. I, I almost have to leave the room with the smell mm. of candles. I don't like them that much. But uh, that doesn't stop me from picking up a cake and throwing it in somebody's face. So. No, that's right. <laughs> that's probably what, um, what happened to him. Caused him immense stress, but the company um, didn't hear his request, causing him to suffer a panic attack. Oh no! According really? to his lawsuit. Um, Burling was then accused of stealing his co-worker's joy. <laughs> so they've counsel sued for stealing joy and later fired. The company's chief executive said uh, her employees, not Burling, were the real victims in this case. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> that's, that's, we, that's, need a little, uh, we need a bit of CSI music or something <laughs> under that. How is that, eh? Oh, God. He, he sued because he had a birthday. They counter-sued because he stole joy. Oh, dear. <laughs> How do we finish that? I don't know. Only in America. <laughs> <laughs> now, while we're oh, laughing, America. can I still... Uh, there's a very quick one here. Finland um, has been named something. Uh, What's the, it's the aim. For the fifth world's year... World's most livable country. Fifth year in a row. For the Finns, they're named the world's happiest country. The world's happiest yes, place. Yes, they are. Um, in a annual uh, UN sponsored, <laughs> UN sponsored. So it's got a committee. <laughs> it's got a committee. <laughs> uh, US sponsored index that ranked Afghanistan as the unhappiest. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, closely followed by Lebanon and Ukraine, probably um, now. But that was done before the Russian invasion yes. of Ukraine. Yes. yes. So Bulgaria, Romania and Serbia recorded the biggest increases in well-being. The largest falls came in Lebanon, Venezuela and Afghanistan. Venezuela. Venezuela. Yeah, I wonder why the Venezuelans are a grumpy bunch oh, they've now. they got a bit... Uh, they got a bit going on? A bit of going Venezuelans. on with high unemployment and those sorts of things. Yeah, sort of thing. they got boats stuck in their rivers or something. Yeah, <laughs> The World Happiness Report, now in its 10th year, is based on people's own assessment of their own happiness. Oh, it's, um, so it's a self... It's a, it's sort of self-assessed. Well, I guarantee you there must be a really high rate of divorce in Venezuela. <laughs> They're all grumpy. <laughs> as well as economic and social data. North right. Europeans once uh, again dominated the top of the spots with the Danes second, and Australia was... 15th. Nearly. We're a bit higher. Tenth, eleventh. We were eleventh. Yeah, we're so you know, we've had a rough, cu- rough chop. Yeah, we've had a rough couple of years. Yeah. Now, you know. have you ever been to Finland? No. Would you like to go? It sounds like a happy place. <laughs> well, I I'm guess. Not going to go in winter though. Uh, no. Well, it's a bit. <laughs> what was the place that we spoke about last that year? That was Lapland. Where, where, they were bidding they were, for the summer Olympics. They were waiting for the sun to come or something, and they were on surfboards in the That's snow right. with their board shorts. That's right. That was um, a funny story. That was a very funny story. That was their bid for the hosting the Summer Olympics, wasn't oh, it? Oh, my goodness me. Um, have you got room for me, or am I yeah. serving and uh, your volley? No, no, keep going, mate. 
Well, um, I found this one quite fascinating because uh, I didn't know these existed. Um, but I'm then going to ask you uh, if this is if this particular item has this particular use and purpose. Yeah. What else do you think it could be used for? Oh, okay. So, so I'll tell you what it is now. Right. So you've got time to uh, muster up some thoughts around that. Uh, it's called an illiteracy pen. An illiteracy uh, yeah. pen. So pens that scan and read out words. This is brilliant. Pens that scan and read out words printed on a page will be used for the first time in the next federal election to help those with reading difficulties at the ballot box. So if you've got a reading disability or you might not be able to read English and it's not printed in your foreign um, home language, unless you've got an interpreter, I guess, telling you what's going on, um, you're there going, what the? Um, Wow. So you run this pen over and the little speaker in the top goes, box number one is candidate Bill Bloggs. Ah, oh, so it's people. Okay, so yeah, yeah, the, I so the reader so it's pen, kind of like electric, electronic yeah. pen. So, so the reader pen is a portable device with a camera at the bottom to scan the text before converting it into words read aloud through a microphone at the top. How brilliant How is that? That's brilliant. How good is that? Um, developed uh, by UK company Scanning Pens, which operates globally, the uh, technology was used in an election for the first time in Western Australia last year. So it's already been trialled and run. Nice. Um, scanning pens, country manager. So the pens were, were used in about 30 booths across the state, which provided feedback about the pen's success to the Australian, uh, the AEC, in the months that followed. Um, I don't think the general public is aware of the problem that exists when it comes to reading difficulties. Um, just think uh, how daunting voting would be. I mean, Australian ballot papers are notorious for being pretty complicated, and if you can't read the ballot paper, that's an issue. Well, it would be. Uh, I mean, they're huge, right. especially those Senate ones. They go. Well, that's what I mean. They go forever. Yeah. yeah, it's like a cricket pitch. <laughs> you just roll it out. 40% of Australian adults have literacy levels below the international standard. 40%? Yeah, yeah okay. That's a big number. That's a big number. Huh? Um, below the international standard required for participation in work, education, and everyday living. So think about all those other things whereby you might be going to mix some things together with ingredients, but you don't quite understand a word, or you might be dyslexic and yep. you don't... Dyslexia so is the one that would, came to mind. Yeah, 100%. Um, Good for use in schools. So the only drawback is... <clears throat> well, it cost. Yeah. He bought 52 pins to begin with. They retail at $390 each. Yeah, well, okay. But, but that can but, come but down you, over time. But you look at it like like a, a wheelchair for someone who needs a wheelchair or any other implement. I mean, none of those implements are, are cheap. No. I mean, the technology that must be in that pen to oh, scan imagine, it across a letter. Imagine if the change that it would make in your life. No, oh, it would be incredible. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, even for somebody who might be hard of seeing, yeah. let alone reading, it might be really small print, and you could just and it just reads it out to you. Perfect. Well, I'm thinking I'm just going to go and buy a book and get this pen. And it's just, <laughs> just going to just read it to me. It's like your version of Audible. <laughs> but I just thought that was brilliant. Um, I, you know, hats off to uh, to those guys that made that, and uh, I could just see that being a tremendous. I mean, think of someone who's blind. Yeah, they don't perfect. need they don't need braille. Yeah, they can just they use can the just pen. use the pen as Brilliant. long as they can understand where the print starts and follow it. Well, that's a wonderful invention. Well done. Right. All right. Very good. We'll take a quick one. Okay. And we'll be back. Thank you. 
And I've just been uh, talking about pens with you off air and yeah. this great invention. I think it's what we were just saying to Welcome each other to um, while we're having fantastic. a little break. I mean, even imagine, you know, people that are visually impaired, yeah. um, you know, they, don't, they might not need Braille. I mean, maybe the Braille bit could be the first word or first letter, knowing where to start and where to end or where each paragraph starts. But if they can then just run their pen across it, you know, they then actually don't have to rely on the sensory pieces of their fingers, mm. they can actually hear it. because no, they, good. Yeah, it's a no, great no, it's thing. it's a good invention. So, and then I think the next piece then would have to be, for those who are deaf, they have a pen that actually has a little uh, readout on the screen and they can scroll the pen and read the words that are coming up on the screen inside the pen. How about that? Get the patent on that one, <laughs> Nice. Nice. Hey, now speaking of things that are out there... Um, you know, I, I first of all looked at this article that I that I came across, and uh, it looked like the Thunderbirds. <laughs> you know, with yeah. Virgil and Brains, you know, Brains Miss Penelope, Miss Penelope, Parker, Parker, and Parker. Yes, my lady, and Alan, uh, and Alan. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one in Thunderbird Two? Yeah, or the one up in the sky? John, John, uh, John was in Thunderbird Two. Alan was up uh, in the other one. Yeah, he's in, he in the rocket. In the, yes, and then who was up in the space one? Yes. He was a long way from home. Virgil, <laughs> Virgil. <laughs> Oh, it was a great show. Hey, so I came across this headline that says shift to the metaverse. Now, you know... What's met, a metaverse? Met, well, Meta now is actually the parent company of uh, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, well, that's what I call it, but Meta. So meta. a metaverse. So this is basically a virtual world. Um, so get this concept of uh, we've all done Zoom meetings, but we're all sitting in a location. We're at home or in a car or in a cafe or wherever we are, uh, but we're all on separate screens. Yeah. So a metaverse is a virtual reality space. Correct. Where users interact with computer-generated environment and their own users. And I've, I've seen it with virtual conferences. So said article, right? Yes. So basically... What they're going to do is build a profile of you, put you in that room. Yes. But you'll be able, to, but but you can be anywhere on the planet. Yes. And contribute to that meeting, but it's as though that's you sitting there at the table, Rutsy. Oh, really? Yep. So Nablo, an employer experience specialist, says it will partner with Facebook parent Meta to build virtual workplace for companies wanting to. Enter the metaverse. Oh, fantastic. The Brisbane headquartered employee experience uh, firm says it will make a multi-million dollar investment project uh, by hiring uh, one of these gurus in this era. Uh, Mr. Baisley will head the company's new reality labs division. Client companies that provide images of their workplaces can have them replicated in the metaverse. And Nablo wants to have the service running next year. And Nablo's worked with about 200 companies globally, including Bunnings, Officeworks, The Coffee Club, Super Retail Group, Virgin Australia. Uh, and Nablo Chief Executive Dara McGrath said the aim was harnessing the metaverse to make the future of work more accessible for organisations. It's a good idea, isn't it? So that means we could go live in the Bahamas and sit through a really boring meeting on a Friday morning <laughs> in five degrees in the middle of winter here in Melbourne, and we could be on the other side of the world. Uh, as one of the leading workplace um, 
as one of the leading workplace for Meta partners, we're proud to have launched more than 200 organisations onto the communications platform, showing organisations how to improve communication, collaboration and connection across their distributed workforces is what uh, Enablo has always done best. We've demonstrated our success in delivering solutions through our partnerships with WorkTech Platforms, Workplace, Asana and Google Workspace. So investing in our own sweater of products uh, only made sense. So it goes the on and The future of more, work changes, doesn't it? I mean, well, that's been brought on by the last couple of years, really, isn't it? So that was my next question to you. Yeah. Surely this is the outcome of unintended consequences in a positive sense. Yes, Yes. Of saying, I would say so. If we've now, if Zoom's now the norm, how do we take that one step further? Create these bots, whoever, the, whatever they are, stick them in a room. Our voice comes out of their mouth, but they're all interacting the way that we want them to. It's like Avatar. So it's a, it's a bit Avatarish. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be. Could you could choose your Avatar each week? That's going to be really interesting space to watch as to how that develops. But that just seems to make perfect sense. So whether that's holograms or whether that's, I mean, I can imagine that's all the guys making computer games. Oh, and absolutely. In fact, mate. I think they're, they're, I think through the woven through the article there is that they're saying they're the sorts of people. He said advances in three D scanning techniques, real time technology, and game engines made it possible to build compelling office experiences within the metaverse. Yeah. So, um, we're talking about stuff we have very little uh, knowledge of, of course, but being a gamer myself. We, we sound good. We sound like we're to know <laughs> but what we're But that makes perfect sense. I get the whole principle of what it is yeah. Yeah. and provided it doesn't look stupid, mm. I guess, and it and it how they act within that room, I suppose, might be the next piece, but, you know, whether you're wearing... It's alternative reality. It's 30 years ago. I remember my, uh, my kids used know. to play Sims Oh yeah, yeah. That's kind yeah. of that sort of thing. Yep. That was the early version of it. A bit yep. clunky, yeah. But it was the same sort of concept. Build no. your own personality, interact with different people. Yeah. And all the games are like that these days. You choose well, you your own characters. You build villages, and you build yeah. countries, and you yeah. create currency, and you yeah. create a police force, and do yeah. all that. So it makes perfect sense that we're very much going to track down that path. Um, and, the, and the other one that I really uh, that really caught my interest because I, I think if if this does happen, uh, we're, we're going to see a monumental shift in uh, one of the platforms that exists, and that is our old mate uh, Muskie. Yes, who's going beautifully. Yeah, um, another kid. Did he named it another funny name? Yeah, what number is it? Four bot X Y Z or something? Oh, he called yeah. it F F. <laughs> um, Elon's taking uh, taking a good tilt at Twitter. He's having a crack, isn't he? Yeah, a big crack. He owns nine percent currently, mm. um, and he wants the rest. What does he want it for, Scotty? Uh, he wants to change its usage. Yeah, good idea. So, because, uh, because it's, it's currently filled with hate, hateful minded trolls. Yeah, that's pretty right. Much. And and <clears throat> and dictates who can and can't use it, and for how yeah. long, and for what purpose, and. Um, so it just says here, uh, trending, what Musk would do with Twitter if he bought it. And it, it's, I'm not going to read the article verbatim, it'll take too long, but um, I'll read you the headline pieces. Um, soften its stance on content moderation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Fair it's enough. Gonna, he's going to so really less, look at less, uh, less, uh, less moderated. censorship. Yeah, yes. correct. Yep. Um, create an edit feature for tweets. 
So you can recall what you wrote so about you, the football you, club when you were drunk the night before. Well, you, yes, you, you've got a, you've got <laughs> an opportunity. That's what to, I need. To, <laughs> you've got an opportunity to win. Oh, is that you? I, no, I need a uh, I need a, a .05 filter in my phone. Is <laughs> <laughs> what I need. You, you, so I you, blow into my phone. You need to blow into your phone before you can send I something. Can't get it open and send the tweet that I want to send. You, no, it's open. It'll let you do everything. <laughs> the last beat. In order for you to send it, you have to blow into yeah, it. No, that's right. <laughs> I really do need uh, that. You're feature. talking about patents. There you go. I took my I took myself off Twitter for that very. Oh, reason. crikey! <laughs> um, take the public company. Um, take the public company private. So no, remove private it. Yeah, yeah. So make it a private Fair company. Okay. Um, make Twitter's algorithm open source. Ah, interesting. Um, that probably needs some a bit more definition around it, I, potentially. The uh, must suggested that Twitter's algorithm open source, meaning others outside the companies would be able to view and recommend fixes and changes. Okay. Yeah. So again, it's it's like an editing piece again, I guess. Um, authentication check marks for paying users. Yeah, well, this, they've got to get to the point where people can't hide behind their hand. No, that's so right. So you've got to register say, and you, you should be... You need to be pinged. Well, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, you, you, you should put your hand up. You should not be anonymous. No. Because if you're going to yep. say hateful things, you need to be called out on it. Yep. Um, and, you know, and I think probably the recent election in the US is probably a very good example of yeah, um, the, right. the manipulation of said platform. Um, right, wrong or indifferently. Um, rely less on advertising. Uh, try to stop scam. Uh, try to stop spam and scam bots. Um, Say that again. Yeah, spam I'm, and I'm, scam I'm, bots. Try to stop spam and scam bots. <laughs> uh, and then allow for longer tweets. Um, so again, there must be a. Can you only post three hundred letters or something? Some, I you think want, it's three hundred sixty. Yeah, right. Okay. So really? no, I'm not on I, it anymore. Well, I don't use it. I'm, I'm de-twitted. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I don't. Um, I use a, a couple of other. I use a business platform and one other social platform, um, and predominantly for for business and or for things that I might want or need. Mm. So outside of that, I leave it alone. So, Metaverse and Twitterverse. Yes. Oh, I want to take you to the universe. <laughs> so, now this is Australia. It's a very interesting um, article where Australia is taking a role in combating the snowballing threat of space junk. Oh. We've talked about space well, junk. Well, there's got to be a lot of stuff up there, Well, I'll tell you how much there is. Right. right. Space experts yes. say, estimate, that there are 12,000 pieces of debris. That all? Orbiting. Is that all? Earth. That are ten centimeters long or larger, but there's one million pieces of junk from one to ten centimeters, and more than a hundred million pieces smaller than a centimeter that we can't see coming. Right. At the speed with which such pieces of debris travel in orbit, a single screw, yeah. like a tiny one, there's a yeah. hundred million of these sort of tiny ones, yeah. has the energy of a grenade upon collision. Yeah, but it won't so get if, through the atmosphere. But if it hits us, if it hits a space station, oh, if it hits boom. a space station, yes, yeah. right. Obviously, we're relying on satellite technology uh, for pretty much everything these days: weather, uh, ATMs, just security, Google, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, the Earth's atmosphere is always shimmering, um, like the road ahead on a hot day, because yeah. of all these pieces of space junk burning up when they come in. Yeah. Right? 
So that's where the electro-optic systems technology comes in, from Mount Stromlo in Canberra. Right. Up there in Canberra. I was just there recently. Yes, Mount you Stromlo. Were. Yes. Um, Australian astronomers affix a laser to their telescope and shoot it in the sky. Right. Um, distort, you know, to, to kill the uh, these things. To blow it up. Um, and then... Uh, what, what 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 they can then do is spot the debris and advise countries and companies to move spacecraft, satellites, or astronauts away from danger. So they're basically using their lasers, 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 and their satellite telescopes yeah. to pinpoint the debris. Yeah. Um, make it make they find it where it's heading, which orbit it's on, and then they advise people. Um, to uh, move stuff out of the way, pretty much. Right. They are also planning to use a different high-power laser to shoot the debris and blow it up. Right. How good is this? I want this job. You <laughs> talk about gamers. What do you do? You, what do you I do? blow up screws I in blow space. Up space junk. I love it. <laughs> So we keep sending stuff up there, right? Just for this, just just this year, SpaceX set a record for the number of satellites spent into space. Sent into space, they sent 143 satellites into space this year. Yes, yeah, there's a lot. So there's stuff going, going up, up there. Yeah, right. Um, and that also, much comes back. Australia's <laughs> also at the forefront of AI, artificial, artificial intelligence, intelligence. Um, to create a system of satellites smarter than their predecessors, so they can jump out of the way of debris. Can they I? They can could, spot it and move. Could I offer a, a suggestion to, to who's ever in control of this program? Yeah. Send a very big magnet up there. <laughs> I love it. Can't they create a... a they get one from the Bond movie. Well, well, <laughs> that's a, I, you know, and then I'm thinking Jaws will have his teeth stuck Jaws to it. Jaws right? so, Maybe like that. But I'm thinking if they, we can do all these things, surely they can create a, a magnoplasma... A magnetic Bot. force field area yeah. that just attracts all this stuff but and it all sticks is, together. It'll attract all the space stations as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'd have a force field. Anyway, what, I thought this was bloody interesting <laughs> yes, because um, it is. Yeah, they're going to create uh, it, there's a new uh, responsible AI framework, there's a new codes to say if you're sending stuff into space, you've got to have all these um, abilities to. Um, you know, monitor and avoid um, all this sort of stuff. So um, that's a piece from the Space Technology and Industry Institute at Swinburne uh, University. And I thought, Australia, good on us. Yes. Because this sort of stuff doesn't get talked we're, about we're, often we're enough. We're at the cutting edge of these we're things. We're at the cutting you edge know, of these one, one minute things. we've got a metaverse and now we're going up and shooting screws out of the sky. Yeah, shooting screws. <laughs> I wanted that job. You know, just it's like being a rear gunner in a fighter plane oh. in World War Two. You're just sitting in, there in Canberra at Mount Stromlo, yeah. just eating your chicken sandwich, going bang, bang, but yeah. and then and then hopefully in the control room they've got a a, a game thing going, oh. and you win fluffy toys oh. and all that sort of stuff. No, the, no, the only other, the only other problem I think that you've got with your concept is, I think you you. You're going beautifully until you shoot, but then it takes seven years for, <laughs> the, for the bullet to get there. He shoots, <laughs> he scores, I think. 
<laughs> I'll come back in seven years and see if I hear the noise to get my fluffy toy. It's not a bullet, though. It's a laser. <laughs> it's a laser. So yeah, they travel a bit fast. Travels at the, the speed of light. <laughs> yeah, very um, good. So space junk. Yeah. Uh, no, Metaverse, uh, universe, well, I thought you were. I thought you were starting uh, when you uh, were talking about it. I thought you were actually talking about it falling back to Earth. And I was thinking, well, the, the, all that stuff just nah, gets nah, burnt up burns, on re-entry. Burn, so, burns up on but you're re-entry. talking about it. Bumping into things up yes, there. So. Yes, it's quite bumpy in space with all the stuff up well, there I'll tell flinging you around. Mate, the world's changing in front of our very eyes, I can tell you. Yeah. There's a whole lot of big stuff coming. Yep. It's going to be really interesting to be a part of. Well, it's like we're around long enough to have a look at it. So well, just sit back. In my day. <laughs> in my day, we didn't have metaverses or space junk. Couldn't wind the window. Couldn't, no button put the window down to the car. Oh, very good. Excellent. Now, you had something on aliens. Oh, well, I did. Uh, the, Talking about the universe. Yes. Uh, have we got enough time to squeeze this in for today, do we think? We've, we've got a little we've, bit of time. A little time, bit of time. All right. So, um, the, the headline was the piece that caught me uh, the most. Telling aliens where we are puts Earth at risk. Now, listen here, you blokes. <laughs> we'll tell you where we are. But you've got to play nice, all right? So no coming down here and putting us in those silver things and flying us off into space. It's just hide and seek or something, is it? No. <laughs> so we're going to send a NASA proposal, yeah. of course, uh, to reveal Earth's location. Do you not think they know where I we are? I reckon they've, they've fair I reckon chance. they've been here before a couple they of them. Might, I'd actually, I'm a firm believer that they have, actually, but... Um, I think there's too much stuff that goes on to suggest otherwise. But anyway, whether it's true or not, I they tend know. to come to funny places. Though, yeah, they, they go, to, they go to the cornfields in Texas. Or yeah, they go to the desert, or Iowa, or something. Still, yeah, I reckon. Because, yeah. I, I, well, uh, what I did see, I saw a program the other day talking about our universe. How many universes there are? Yeah, it's few. Like five hundred million universes. Like the universe we live in is just one. Yeah. It's like 500 million of them. Yeah. So how they could not be something else somewhere else? Um, anyway, so they're going to go up. They're going to make some noise. There's going to be um, researchers in the US Space Agency have backed a broadcast message dubbed the Beacon in the Galaxy, intended to greet extraterrestrial intelligences. Um, it's updated form of the uh, Arecibo message broadcast in 1974. So we've already had one. Oh, we've already this. told them already. Yeah, we've told them already. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. We're over here. Yeah. You went next door. We told you it was first on the right. Um, so improvements to technology and me, more information can now be omitted. Uh, the proposed message includes mathematical and physical concepts to establish a means of communication. Mate. Yeah, two. Oh, I think two. I think today my brain is <laughs> I'll tell you what, mine is We've yeah. covered way too yeah, much yeah. territory we, yeah, we, that's far above our, our pay grade, uh, I think, Well, uh, in fact, all I feel is we've swum outside the flags. Too far outside <laughs> the flags. We anyway, need... we're going to make some noise to these aliens and let's see if they turn up. All right. Well, good on you, mate. All well, right, well, mate. I'll see we'll you next week. We'll be back again next week. week. Yeah, Once we my brain stops hurting. Okay. Okay. <laughs>